Howdy. So tonight is January 2nd, 2019. And the title of the message for tonight is called Family Restrictions. So as I was standing up here, I realized something. So who, who believes that the Lord knows where everybody's calling is? Right? So I work in property management. And for some reason, every single time I speak, it falls on the first or second. So rent is due. <laughs> rent, mortgage, your bills are due. Just a reminder. So my question for everybody is, are you guys willing to give up everything for the Lord? Raise your hand if you are. Okay. Remember all of you that raised your hands. Because by the end of today, you might have to reevaluate that. Well, tonight's, um, so let's break down the two words, family and restriction. So family, Webster's um, definition is the basic unit in society traditionally consisting of two parents rearing their children. Um, Number two, a group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head. Number three, a group of persons of common ancestry or a group of peoples regarding as deriving from a common stock. Um, Number four, a group of people united by certain convictions or a common affiliation. The staff of a high official and a group of things related by a common characteristic. And restriction... The root word is restrict, which is to confine without, within bounds, to place under restrictions as to use or distribution, or to hold back to prevent something from moving forward. And as the Lord was re- revealing to me um, this message, it, it came about last Wednesday as as during worship and just praying about um everything that's been going on and um our families and it made me realize what's the number one thing that the enemy attacks to prevent people from doing things they use their families Right. And, and and usually that's the easiest thing. That's the hardest thing to give up. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Um, now, in American culture, it's a little bit easier to give up your family than in Asian and Latino culture. <laughs> that's that's just how society has developed it. Um, <laughs> would you agree? Um, so this is coming so we wanted I wanted to present this I'm so used to speaking with my my wife so I'm I'm used to saying we 
because we're one unit. Um, so let's talk about the ancestral um, definition of family, the cultural. Uh, for us, that was probably one of the hardest things, right? We, we come from a culture that family is everything, right? And, and me as the firstborn in my generation, it's my responsibility to continue the family line, to be, to be um, responsible for everything that happens within my family, funerals, weddings, um, all of those things. And so when we got born again, it was a decision of, are we going to continue this or are we willing to leave everything behind, right? Leave um, the honor of our parents. You know, it, it says um, to honor our mother and father, right? But isn't the Lord our father? And does, does our spiritual relationship trump our earthly relationship? It does, right? Because... Because that leads us to a higher kingdom. And so for us, that was, that was extremely hard. And so Matthew, so the Lord pointed out to Joy and I, uh, Matthew eight eighteen to 22. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. How many times in our lives that we try to set the times and places that we should go and do, right? Instead of what the Lord has told us to do. And, and G- did Jesus come to this man? No, right? He came to Jesus. And, and so with him coming to Jesus, he's like, what must I do? It's, it's no different from the rich young ruler, right? You're coming to Jesus and you're, tell- you're asking him, what do I need to do? I want everything that you have, everything that you are, but I'm not willing to do it. I'm putting other things before you instead of just letting go of my thoughts. That's the hardest thing to let go, right, is our thoughts. Is letting go of our thoughts, our ambitions, and just setting everything down and going. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you 
and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Parents, if you've instructed your parent, if you've instructed your children, and you've prepared them, isn't that what every parent wants to do? Yeah, sure. Is to bring them to a place where you can let them go, right? And they experience life for themselves. Being um, working in the apartment industry and um, leading the youth for so many years, we run across so many people in the secular and in, in churches that the parents hold so much control of their kids that they don't know what to do when they become adults. And I can tell you this. This happens in the military, too. There's, there's two type of people that come out of the military. One, that they're totally independent and can do everything themselves. And the other, and this is a lot of reason why so many people go into depression when they get out of the military, is they're so used to being told what to do that when they get out, they can't think for themselves. So when we got born again and started coming to church and it was hard, it was, it was extremely hard because we, at first we didn't tell our parents, um, we didn't tell our families cause we didn't know how they would react. Um, and when we did and brought them to the church that was um, still in the garage. So you can imagine my Catholic mom and my Buddhist dad. Um, you can imagine what they thought, you know, coming from um, religion, right? Coming from a place where, you know, cathedrals and temples and, and, and then they show up to a garage, And then not only that, they come into service and everybody's speaking in weird languages. Um, I can tell you my mom didn't say for the whole worship. Uh, but we're still here. Right? And did they say stuff to us afterwards? Of course. You know, was it with ill intent? No. You know, they were concerned. They're like, what have you gotten yourself into? Um, you know, I, so let me ask, how many of you guys have brought family to church and they've said similar things to you afterwards? That's a good chunk, right? Um, but guess what? We're all still here. And at that same time, um, most of my coworkers, actually majority of my coworkers, were also attending the church. And um, they lasted another few months after that. 
Um, and, and a big part of the reason why a lot of people leave is accountability. You know, everybody says that they want accountability in their life. But when the accountability comes, no one wants to see it. Proverbs 22.6. Start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. We're not there to, to hold our children's hands the entire time, right? We're there to guide them and, and to get them to a place where they can do things on their own. But it's no different in ministry, right? When we were, doing, when we were um, in charge of the youth, we were there to hold their hands and teach them and give them that basic foundation. And... And there comes to a point where, hey, you're on your own now. You know, and that's, and that's what we're trying to instill in the kids starting at the young age. Um, and parents, you got to build this foundation in them. You got to build that foundation, foundation in them young. You know, don't think that they're too young because they're watching each and every little thing that you're doing. Right? They're watching how you're reacting to offenses. They're watching how you're reacting when somebody cuts you off in the road. They're watching every aspect of your life right now. And if you're not careful, they're going to take on those aspects. Colossians three twenty three to 25. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Who are you working for? And, And we're not just talking about a job, right? The, the everyday things that you do, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for your family? Are you doing it for friends, for recognition? Or what are you doing things for? If your answer isn't for the Lord, then it's not the right answer. Right? So many of us, we, when people ask, ask us, why do we do what we do? We say, oh, we're doing it so my kids can have a good life. We're doing it so I don't have the same life that I had growing up. No, our answer needs to be for the Lord. We do what we do because of the Lord. And we set everything aside no matter what happens. Because we know that the Lord is just. We know that if there is something wrong or if we were... we were treated unjustly. Do you not think the Lord will take care of that? So why do you take that into your own hands? Right? Why do you let your mind roam into the place where you can get offended? Right? We say we trust the Lord with everything. 
But yet our, our actions and more so our thoughts don't reflect it. Psalm 27.10. And this, and this was big for me and joy as, as we were coming up in the kingdom. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I've been forsaken by my family since before I was in the Lord. Right? I was that, I was that cousin that you weren't allowed to hang out with. <laughs> I was, the, I was, I was that Johnny that that never did anything wrong. But you know, I was the bad influence. Um, but the, but the Lord still used that, right? And so this past Christmas, um, what was awesome is we were. Um, opening gifts and my dad got us um, a picture with a scripture on it and he's like you guys are gonna love this gift because I know this matters to you more than money (laughs) And, and so for us to even though they're not saved we've still left such an impression on them that they know what matters to us more Right. Though they don't understand why we do the things that we do and why we believe the things that we we believe, my parents still wonders why joy doesn't work. You know, they don't understand homeschool. They don't understand all these things. But yet they see the blessings and um, and everything that that has come through these many years they've seen the hardships we we've been open with them about our hardships and because because that's what their true witness and testimony is you know there's so many christians that hold everything inside because they don't want to let every they want to keep with the joneses right that that's the term keep with the joneses and, and they're not willing to let everybody know what's going on. Hey, my wife and I are having trouble, right? Or my kids are acting a fool, and I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Or my job is on the line, and I don't know what to do. That's why we feel so blessed to have not found the Lord, but the Lord chose us, Amen. right? That, that that he could use two people, especially me, that the world would have thrown away, that my family did throw away, and used me to make, to have an impact on so many lives. Even though we were without family, right? We, we left our family, but we were never without family. Whether it was a church body or Jesus, right? He, we've never felt abandonment, right? There was always something that, that filled our lives. The only time that 
we felt any type of abandonment was our own faults and our own sins. That separated us from the Father. Mark three thirty-one through thirty-four. So, who's had this type of conversation with the parents? I have. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrive. Standing outside, they sent someone to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. You guys are more family to me than my own family. You guys have seen our struggles. You have been there next to us when every single month when we were trying to conceive, right? When our own families was trying to break our family apart, you guys gave us hope that our family could stay together. Amen. And, and I'm not bringing up these things to, you know, raise up the church or anything like that. It's the truth, Right? Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The reason why we're still standing here today is we're imitators. Right? We're imitators of Jesus and the people he's put in our lives. Um, and... We honor that so much. Verse 17. 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be no benefit to you. We used to say this to, to the youth all the time. <laughs> and it was hard keeping them to this. If you spent any time around the youth, you'd understand. Right, Justin? <laughs> But back to the message, right? Family restrictions. A lot of time, and a lot of these things aren't intentional. And, and I'm not saying, you know, um, people are being intentional about these things. It's they're looking out for what they feel is the best thing in your life, right? But the Sometimes the thing that's preventing you from growing and moving forward with what God's called for you in your life is, are the things that's right next to you. Whether it's your wife, your kids, your parents, 
aunts, uncles, whoever raised you, you know, and sometimes the body of Christ, right? They're looking for what's best for you, but it might not be what God wants for you. So whenever these things happen, we don't look at it with, with hey, you're, you're trying to sabotage my life. No, but you have to look at, you have to look at it, hear it, weigh it, and see how it aligns with what God's revealed to you. Right? Our revelation, the revelation for each other's lives, just like the conviction for each other's lives, is directly from God. It's not from what other people tell you. Right? Your conviction is not what your parents teach you. Your conviction is not what your, pa- your pastors teach you. Your conviction is what God has told you your conviction is. Amen. Your calling is not what other people have called you or has prophesied to you. It's what God has deliberately, deliberately revealed himself to you. Mark 10, 23-31. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied. No one who has left his home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, along with what? Persecution. And in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So right before this was the story of the rich young ruler, right? He came to Jesus. He fell at Jesus' feet. And, and what I noticed as, as I was studying that, only in Luke does it say he ran up to Jesus and fell at his feet. And so that's somebody, would you guys not agree, that's somebody who was in need, right? Somebody who was desperate. In the other Gospels, it just says, you know, he came up to Jesus. But in Luke, he says he ran up to Jesus and he fell at Jesus' feet. And he asked Jesus, what must I do? And Jesus says, you know, you must do this and this. And he's like, I'm already doing all that. Then you must give up. What has the Lord told you to give up that you haven't given up? Right? And Jesus, we're, we're, we're so easy and, and quick to say, oh, yeah, we give up our money, right? 
But what if Jesus said, hey, Thomas, that child that you've worked so hard for, you need to give up that child, right? Eric, this ministry that you work so hard for, you need to give up the ministry. Yeah. Are we willing to give these things up? And what if the rich young ruler, what if it wasn't the money, right? What if, and this is what I hear all the time speaking with people. Well, I need to make this money for my family. You know, I have a mortgage. I have this and that. And doesn't it go back to let the dead bury the dead? Why are we trying to put all these things in line so that God can fulfill his promise? No, God will fulfill his promise whether you have a million dollars or you have nothing. Right? It's your obedience that fulfills the promise. So, we're going to hit on a couple of things tonight. So, for us, that was the first thing that Joy and I had to give up was our family. Right? The, the notion that, hey, come hell or high water, we're following the Lord. Whether our family, our extended family, likes it or not. The second thing, the second definition was a household, right? A husband and wife. So wives, be honest. How many of you guys have gotten upset? Because your husband is not at the place where you think he should be. Right? <laughs> so in Genesis 2.16. And the Lord commanded man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So who did the, who did the command go to? Adam. Was the woman around yet? No. But the man had the calling upon his life. Right? He had the instructions from God for his life. Genesis 2.18 the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. All the men, please say amen to that. Because I don't know what I would do if I did not have my helpmate. I'd be starving. Yeah. Wearing, wearing dirty underwear every day. <laughs> And then Genesis 24 through 25, that is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Raise your hand if you're married. So, do you guys remember 
when you first got married? You were happy without a care in the world, right? You had one goal. (laughs) You felt no shame. All you wanted to do was be together, right? And then years, years, months, years, what happened, right? All the cares of the world started coming in, right? So when Eve was first, when they were first united, they felt no shame. But in our lives, right, after a while, when we first get married, everything's, you know, we pass the honeymoon stage. And then it's, okay, now we got to get a career. We got to get this, um, We got to hang up the phone. <laughs> but we start feeling shame, right? Whether, whether we're not in the place that we feel we should be, whether your family's not in the place where you feel they should be in the secular field or in ministry, right? And... and Honestly, it happens much more in ministry than you think, right? Wives want their husbands to be pastors and elders and have their own churches, and maybe that's not what God's called them to be, right? And we have to be okay with that because that's not what God's calling in their life is. And and so... What usually happens is the manipulation starts happening, right? And I would say that's probably one of the main reasons why people leave churches. Besides, it's, it's offenses, but it's offenses because people aren't where that they feel that they should be. So what are your aspirations, right? What do you, where do you see your family in ministry? Where do you see your family in the secular world? Is it where it needs to be? And if it isn't, does it matter? Right? We, we say we give the Lord everything, but are we willing to give the Lord his timing? Right? When when we think, Lord, I give you everything, I think we're only thinking about the easy things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're we're thinking, ah, I can give up my friends. You know, I can give up I can give up my workplace if I'm making fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, but what if you were making six figures? Are you willing to give that up? You know, or are you willing to even drive an hour to get to church? Right? If God's called you somewhere and he hasn't released you, is it worth the punishment of leaving? So 
We're going to go to Genesis 3, and we're going to kind of hang out there for a little bit. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to them, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree? Is this really the church for us? Is this the right place that we need to be? Has this ever come out of your mouth? If you're honest, probably. Right? I don't really like the way he said that. The enemy knows those hot buttons to push to get you to react. Just remember that. And I'm sure you guys have never heard this. They're so clickish. Here's the thing, guys. When Joy and I first came to the church, we didn't know anybody. We knew one family, and if you want to be a part of the clique, push yourself in. Amen. You know, if, if you feel like you're not part of the clique, look at yourself first. Are you pushing yourself in, or are you just sitting around waiting for things to happen? Right? We are, we make things happen here. Amen. We don't sit around and wait. Um, if this is where the Lord has called you, and you know for a fact this is where the Lord's called you, then make it happen. Amen. Don't sit around and wait for things to happen. Verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, we may not, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Who was given the command? Was the woman there? So how did she know what was said? Right? And is it partially Adam's fault for not communicating it? Possibly. But what words were added that were never said? What offenses are actually misunderstandings? Right. There's so many times. Have Have you ever texted back and forth with somebody, and you don't hear the inflection in the text, or somebody accidentally has the caps on, and you're like, "What the heck? What I do?" Right. I'm so glad for Marco Polo now. (laughs) 
But what, at, what words are you adding um, that weren't actually said? And we have to be careful with that. And I know a lot of times when, when we're speaking to our spouses about the day, right, and we're fired up, I admit, I'll add some words. Man, my boss said this and that, and it was a little exaggerated just to get people on our our side, right? Husbands, have you ever done that? Um, <laughs> But a lot of times, it's, it's, it's just being able to sit down and talk about things, yeah. right? Verse 4, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. How many of you guys have heard this? Oh, you can serve the Lord anywhere. Right? Uh, their 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 children's program is not good enough. You can get you can get better stuff elsewhere, right? But what's happening when families do that? Your children are are watching to see your reaction when the things get tough, when things aren't going the right way, when things aren't the way that you think that it should be. That's why kids these days are so wishy-washy. They're like, oh, I can go here. I can go there. You know, and, and there is no faith through time anymore. Guys, especially the single guys, you know, or the young men, newly married, stay at your jobs Amen. for longer than six months. Stay at your jobs for longer than a year. As somebody who does hiring, I'm looking at that. You know, I'm, I'm looking to see how faithful you are to your jobs. And if your jobs aren't what you want them to be, pray about it. Pray that the Lord moves within the job that you're at until you're released. You know, because you're not, you're not going to get anywhere in life jumping job to job. You're not going to get anywhere in the kingdom jumping church to church. Okay? Because if you can't get over the things you don't want to hear or the things you don't want to do, that's going to be the result of your life. Verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. So I know I've been picking a lot on the wives. Husbands. What's the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? Are you doing what your wife is asking you to do because you don't want to argue? But is that what God wants for your family? Right? Are you just keeping the peace 
or are you making peace by keeping in shalom? She saw that the fruit was good and gave some to her husband. Let's go try this other place out. Look how happy the kids are. Right? We didn't die. Right? We didn't die. The kids are the kids are happy. And that's usually how it starts. Right? Hey, let's 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 go check out this church just for just for one one weekend and, and see how it turns out. Oh, the kids are so happy. Look at this amusement park that the church has. Right? The kids are happy. This, this, and that. Would you say the enemy is sneaky? Verse 17. Um, sorry. Verse Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Look at that. He answered, I heard you. So how many times, husbands, have you done something because you listened to somebody else, whether your wife or somebody else? Right? Had good intent for you. And you know for a fact that that's not what God wanted for you. But you're trying to keep the peace and or and you heard God calling you. But you refused to answer for a little while. Right? You're like, maybe if I kind of, maybe if I swipe to voicemail, they, they won't notice. And then they call from another number. And you answer. You're like, oh, I meant to call you back. I know I do that at work all the time. <laughs> And you're like, oh, I heard you. But I was afraid. What were you afraid of? I was afraid that you would find me out. I was afraid that I wasn't living up to the standard. I was afraid that I was being a peacekeeper than a peacemaker. And I was, because I was naked, so I hid. Nakedness is being ashamed. What are you ashamed of? What, what, what things have you done that you can look back and say, I was ashamed of doing that. I was ashamed of saying that. So you hid. You step back from from fellowship. You step back from coming to church. You step back from all of these things. Or maybe you came, but you stood in the background. 
right? You would fellowship with everybody. As soon as the pastors walk up, you had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can tell you there is a, there is a point in, in our lives that we were like that. And, and, and for, for me, it was insecurities, you know, not, not feeling like I could live up to um, the other mighty men that were coming into the church. It's like, man, I've been here for, for so long, and now I'm kind of pushed to the background. No, I let myself get pushed. I didn't drive myself back in. Right? I, I let that momentum that our family had stop. And so, and so if you've ever pushed a car, you don't want to stop pushing that car. And if you're going uphill, you definitely don't want to stop pushing that car. And all these things my family has experienced. You know, and and we speak with a lot of a lot of people, um, and they're like, "Have y'all made it so long? Have have y'all, you know, been here for over a decade?" It's letting everything roll off of you, right? Letting everything roll off of you, and just letting the and trusting that whatever it is, the Lord will take care of it. Right? One of the biggest things that we were ever offended about, actually two things. One was when we got taken off of cleaning crew by ourselves. This is at the old church. And then the other was when we were asked to step down from um, youth ministry. You know, um, it was hard because, you know, we, we did youth ministry for close to 10 years. And it was like, what did we do wrong? Right? We, we were asking ourselves, um, what did we do? But it was a, it was a perfect timing and season um, for our lives where we could focus, refocus on our family. Right? And refocus on building ourselves up and pushing back into the fellowship. Verse 17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Now, wives are probably thinking, man, you're telling the husbands not to listen to this? It's not a matter of not listening to you or not taking your counsel. But it's, wives, let your husbands lead, right? Because your husbands are the one that God, has, God is giving his commands to. Amen. Because if we go to Genesis 21, 11 through 12, so this is after God tells Abraham that he must get rid of um, Ishmael. So the matter distressed Abraham greatly, 
because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is Isaac that the offspring will be reckoned. There's so many times where joy has, where I'm, I'm stressed out and, and I don't know what to do. And joy's like, remember what God's called you. Remember God's promises, right? Because as, as the leader in the household, we sometimes get so stuck in the day-to-day that, that we forget about the long-term, right? And our wives are there to remind us, to help us remember those things. So wives, trust your husbands that they can hear from the Lord. Let them make their mistakes. You could be holding them back from fulfilling their calling. Husbands, listen to your wife's counsel and weigh it. She may be giving insight that you have not thought about. Remember, she is your helpmate. Be a peacemaker. So we talked about extended families, and we talked about husbands and wives. Next is our children. And this really hit home because we're, we're, one of the, we're one of the families that prayed and prayed for a child. And as I was um, praying about this, it, it was me asking myself, Lord, I say I'm willing to give up everything. Am I willing to give up Sarah? Am I willing to give up Esther? And the answer is yes. Because guess what? Our children don't belong to us. They belong to the Lord. So God revealed something to me. And... and, um, and this is this is awesome, especially if you have younger kids. Um, so Deuteronomy six, four through seven. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So the main word here is impress. So when you have young children, you want to do everything to stamp that word upon their hearts, right? You want to micromanage them. If you go to Deuteronomy 11, Um, verse 18, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. 
so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So if you, if you look at um, chapter 6 and chapter 11, and for the longest time, I was thinking it was just repetitive, right? That it's, it's just restating um, what chapter 6 said. But the Lord revealed to me, no. This is different chapters in, in, the, child, in the child's life, right? So chapter 6, it says impress because they're not at the age of accountability yet. So you want to forcefully put the word upon their hearts, right? And have full control of what they learn and do and act. Verse 11 says, teach them. They're at the age of accountability now. They're at the age where they can make their own decisions. Because after after verse 6, after that statement, it kind of ends. But verse 11, it says, then this will happen. So it gives them accountability, right? If you teach them and and they adhere to this, then this will happen in their lives. And parents, you have to give your children that ability so that they can learn to make the mistakes on their own. Or else they'll they'll be like the military guys that get out of the military and don't know what to do. Right? Don't know how to write a check. Don't know how to set up utilities. Because we learn from our mistakes. The Lord allows us to make our mistakes so we can grow, right? We have to be torn down so that we can grow and get built back up. Judah, how old were you when you got born again? This is somebody who grew up in the church. I've, I knew him when he was still running around in his underwear and yeah. But even he will tell you that he had to come to the salvation himself. Parents, remember, you can guide your, your children, but it's up to them to find their own salvation. It's up to them to find their own calling in their lives. You can't control that. Because if you do, guess what? You're putting family restrictions on the kingdom. We can instill and set a foundation for our children. But there comes a time where we hand them the blueprints. And we tell them, here, I've I've set this foundation for you to build upon. You need to build this house. Because that house belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. And we have to remember that. Because it's... And as parents, you know, it's, we, we always say, well, you know, we want the best for our children. We want, we don't want them to make the mistakes that we've made in the past. 
But isn't it the mistakes that we've made in the past what made us what we are today? Your children will never become the person that they are called to be without making their own mistakes. And we have to remember that. And don't wait too long. And I think that's why the Hebrew culture, they become men and women at the age of 13. Because then that leaves five years for them to make mistakes because before they become adults. Right? Before they're actually on their own um, and out in the world. As parents, we must be willing to let go. In Genesis 22, Abraham waited and waited and waited. And this is a story that's near and dear to our hearts. And Isaac wasn't a baby, right? This This is years of raising him up and spending time with him and and instilling everything that that you know upon your child and and the lord tells you at that time to give up your child you're like man i've i've put all this time and effort into into this kid and now you want me to give him up Right? And that's no different from what the Lord commanded of the Passover lamb. It wasn't, hey, grab a lamb and kill it right away. Right? It was take the lamb, bring it into your home, spend time with it, build a relationship with it, and then let me see if you're willing to give that up. Samuel was another one. waited for a child but dedicated to the church right our children don't belong to us and as much as we want to to believe that nothing belongs to us our life doesn't even belong to us so why do we try to take hold of everything All of the, and um, we have to let our children make their own decisions. Jonathan, his father was Saul, who hated David. But who did Jonathan serve? David, right? Because Jonathan's calling was to help fulfill the line of Jesus. To protect David so that Jesus' line would be fulfilled. Do you think they saw that at that time? No. All of these things happen that the lineage of Jesus would remain. What if by your own inclinations, is restricting your children from accomplishing all that God has called them to be. 
a lot of times where Joy and I, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do with our kids. You know, with, with Sarah, we were protective about everything. As, as we saw her grow and start making her own mistakes, guess what? Now Esther makes her own mistakes a little bit sooner than later. <laughs> because we've, we've realized as we're, as, we're, as we're raising our own kids, even at a young age, it's good to see them make their own mistakes. That's the only way they'll learn. So church, as I asked you, at the beginning of this service. Are you willing to give it all tonight? Are you willing to give up all that you have? Your family, your work, your children? Think about that. Are you truly willing to give up everything? And does everything that you have truly belong to the Lord? Ask yourself, am I causing any restrictions? Am I holding back my husband, my wife, my children, the people around me, my brothers and sisters? Or or am I doing everything that I can so that they may fulfill the calling that's in their life? Are you saying to the Lord, let me do this or that first? As we open the altars tonight, I want you to ask yourself that question. Lord, does everything I have truly belong to you? Or am I holding things for myself? Am I holding the ambitions for my family, for myself? Mighty God. Lord, we ask that you search our hearts tonight. Mighty God, that all that we have is yours that we're not holding on to anything because all that we have you have given us search our hearts mighty God let us let go if we're holding anything for ourselves whether it's our jobs our family Lord tonight We give everything up to you.